welcome to the Water and Stone podcast. You are listening to episode number 99. We'd like to share our Sunday worship service for January 6th, 2019. The title is, It's Like This. And it's the first in the series of, It's Like This. The key to finding yourself, discovering your purpose, building healthy relationships, and real prosperity is expressed in three words. Tell your story. So our scripture today, Luke 8, 4, when a large crowd was coming together and those from the various cities were journeying to him, he spoke by way of a parable. So often people say to me, how come he didn't just say what to do? Why is there all this debate? How come we spend so much time saying, well, this is what he really meant, and this is what he really meant. How come he didn't just tell us, here's the cookbook recipe approach, how come? Well, and you might imagine my answer. Well, he did. You know that part where he said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you? Pretty straightforward. That part where he said, God is our Father. You know I talk about that. Pretty straightforward. Forgive, love your enemies. Pretty straightforward. And not just Jesus, but going back in the Bible, there's that part, remember that thou shalt not kill part? Pretty clear. So he did. They did. It did. The Bible does say, go do this thing. The problem is not that. The problem is somebody goes, yeah, but you know, what if I don't want to love my enemies? What if I'd really like to kill? Is it all right? Do you know a guy? Can I bring my lawyer in? Can we get some kind of, can we wiggle this around a little bit? Is there a loophole? The problem with interpretation tends not to be in that statement, the works I do, you shall do also, and greater works than these. The problem tends to be when we want to wiggle around it, when we say, God, can I just hang on to my shortcomings, my limitations? It's really comfortable to hate and fear and blame. Can't I please? That's where the wiggling comes in. I get it, though. Sometimes that's not enough. Because here's the thing. When we have a law or a rule or a guideline or whatever you want to call it from outside coming down from on high, like thou shalt not kill, when the rule comes from someplace else, or even if it just feels like it does, I kind of want to rebel against it. I kind of want to not pay attention because it's from somewhere else. Anything that we learn tends to come not from what someone told us and threw onto us. Education isn't a matter of putting facts on people. It's a matter of drawing something out, right? When we learn something, it's something that comes from the inside up, not from up down. So it's not just the words. Something else has to happen. And there's a little bit of a clue in that part of Scripture. If you read it along with me just a moment ago, what you may have noticed is it said, the people came from all over the place. There's a little bit of a clue. What's happening there is we're talking about a huge group of people from all kinds of different backgrounds, from all kinds of different sets of facts. For me, life is like this, and here's what we do. For me, life is like that, and here's what they do. For me, it's like this, and for me, it's like this. And all of a sudden, there's all of these different facts that are very real, very true. How do you tell one statement that can address all of these different things? Maybe it's not just a rule. Maybe it's a different thing that has to happen. Maybe it's something that doesn't come from the outside, but rather up from the inside. Imagine yourself in that situation. Imagine that that Jesus has appeared to you and says, look, here's the deal. I need you to go and change the world. (laughs) Okay, 
I wasn't busy today. I guess I could do it. I could fit it in. But I mean, think about it. That is actually the job description. Each and every one of us, in a certain sense, is an apostle. Each and every one of us has that job description. Go and teach and heal and change the world and help people. Imagine if Jesus said it to you in person and said, Look, I need you to go out and teach people, to go change the world, to go show people how amazing, how beautiful, how wonderful, how unlimited they are. I need you to go show people that they don't have to add anything to their lives. In fact, healing comes through subtraction that they're already so amazing. Imagine that that was your job description, because it is. Well, how do you do that, though? How do you do that without having people, you know, lock you up? Can't just hand out flowers at the airport. It's against the law now. There's other ways, right? How do you do that? How do we address the spectrum of the human experience? It's the same problem that's talked about in that piece of Scripture. In a way, funny enough, it reminds me of the Voyager probe. Those of you who were around in the 70s, remember that thing, that Voyager probe? There's a Star Trek movie about it. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> After church, we'll talk about it. But remember that moment when NASA gathered this team of scientists and Carl Sagan and Andrewian and all these important, smart, brilliant people, scientists and thinkers, and they said, here's the deal, gang. We're going to do such a foolish thing. We're going to spend all kinds of time and money, and we're just going to throw, like throwing pennies at your true love's window. We're just going to throw this thing, this probe, this satellite, just out into space, and we don't know where it's going to go. And, you know, it's going to have some sensors, and we're going to take readings, but that's not the important part. The important part is the message that it brings with us. And we want to tell somebody somewhere, maybe somebody will find that somewhere far away. We want to tell them a little bit about what this life is. And so the team was put together to figure out, well, what's the story? If you're putting that message in that bottle, what's the message? What would you say? And so they thought about it, and then they worked on it for a long time. And you know the deal that there's like soil samples, and there's a map to how to get to Earth. I guess it says, you are here, and it's right next to the pottery barn and the H&M. But anyway, the map to it and data, all kinds of stuff. But that's not the important part. The part that everybody thinks about when they think about the Voyager probe is that gold record. You can even get it now. I think there's a Spotify playlist, because that's how we roll in the 21st century. But there's that gold record, and on the record, it's not about data. It's about a moment. There's whale song on there, and there's the Brandenburg Concerto. That's not facts. That's a moment. That's a feeling. That's an emotion. And there's tribal music in the didgeridoo. Let's see if I pronounce that right. And all kinds of stuff that doesn't give you data. It gives you a feeling because that's what's important. But I think the most beautiful thing that's on that golden record is that they have recorded the EEG. You know when you go to the doctor and they put all those probes on you and they record your body sounds. I don't even know the right word for it, but it's like brain activity and stuff. Your stuff, your data. And that's on there. What we have found out years later is the person who sat for that, who had the probes put on her, is Andrew Yin. You might know that name because she and Carl Sagan were partners they fell in love on that project, and they spent the rest of their lives together. They fell in love. And the beautiful thing is the day that they recorded her EEG was the day that she knew really and truly that she had fallen in love with Carl Sagan. And so in such a crazy, wonderful way, more than a heart rate 
our blood pressure, the thing that we have sent out into space is the moment of love. And I don't know about you, but that, that is so inspiring to me. It, I, I almost get teary just thinking about, I know it's goofy, but the whole thing is a goofy idea. We're just going to throw this thing. But what a wonderful, goofy, beautiful human moment to say, here, here's some whale song, and here's what it's like to dance, and here's a recording of love. And maybe someday someone, or whatever they call themselves, maybe they're not a someone, something, out there will be able to reconstruct that moment of this is the human experience. It is a falling in love. When you fall in love, you can't tell anybody about it. You just have to show them, right? And that's what it's all about. If you want to change somebody, you can't tell them anything. You got to show them. You ever try to make a kid be quiet? Good luck. When a kid is yelling and screaming, you can tell them to shut up. Never works. It's also kind of mean. You can yell louder, which is now giving the kid permission to get louder because they see what you do. And later on, you'll be paying therapy bills. None of those work. You can't fight it. You can't order it with an external principle like we talked about. If you've been around kids, if you're a parent or a teacher or whatever, you know the best way to get a kid to be small and quiet is to be small and quiet. If you whisper to a child, or I guess I should have given this advice right before New Year's, if you whisper to a drunk person, (laughs) it works, they will whisper too. Because it's not what you say, it's what you model. If you want a miracle... Be the miracle. If you want communication, communicate. If you want love, love. If you want quiet, be quiet. This whole thing comes down to deciding who you are. What do you want to be? Are you defined by the facts of your life, by the data, by the map, by the soil sample? Or are you defined by that thing that you have fallen in love with? Because that is what you are called to send out into the universe. You want to get real nerdy. The thing that I think about is that movie Empire Strikes Back, a great spiritual moment. When Yoda, you remember Yoda, the little green guy? He kind of looks like if he's shaved Fozzie Bear down. Sounds like that too. And it's that great don't judge me by my size speech when he says, I know I look small and insignificant, but I'm not this form. If you look past the material, luminous beings are we, goes the quote. I'm made out of something so much bigger. And if you fixate on the data, you're going to miss the miracle. Life is like that. So we have to decide, who are we really? And I say we have to decide. I'm not normally in the business of giving orders, but it's not my order. It's yours. We must decide because that is what our heart is calling If you feel frustrated in life, there's a real good chance it's because you're not sharing from that place. If you feel frustrated in life, there's a real good chance it's because you're not sharing from that place and you're not hearing other people's gift from that place. Can we move beyond the way that things look on the outside? If we can, life will tend to work better. That's what we are called to do, each and every one of us. Each and every one of us is called to share, to tell our story. So are you telling your story? Mmm. Refreshing. Are you telling your story?
It's a challenging thing when the story is not told. It's a challenging thing when each and every person in the story has this calling, this desire to share, to show, to flow into something bigger, but they can't because there's some disconnect, because the facts don't line up. I want to tell my story, but the fact is you come from a different place. The fact is that you have this territory, and I want that territory. The fact is that I can't be there with you because you live your life differently than what I understand. When the facts don't agree, challenges happen. How do we deal with it? That's the story of the human condition. How do we deal with the fact that the facts don't line up with what we have in our hearts? Well, there's a number of strategies. You can force the other person to agree with you. People have done that. Perhaps you've heard of it. You've seen the History Channel. But what history teaches us is that never works forever. You can force somebody to do it your way, and it will fail sooner or later. It might take minutes, it might take years, it might take lifetimes, but oppressed people do not stay oppressed. Truth wins. Love wins over time. It doesn't work, and it's not answering the call of our hearts, which is why it doesn't work. So you can fight about it, you can argue about it, or you can do the new thing, and that's to tell the other person that their facts aren't facts. No, that's not real. Mine are real. My news is real news and your news is fake news. It doesn't work that way. Your thing isn't a real thing. Well, that's just a fancier way of disagreeing and telling the other person they're no good. And it doesn't work. Or you can go over to the progressive end of the spectrum and go, well, all facts are real, man. It's all good and it's all important and everybody's entitled to their belief system. Yeah, but my belief system is to hit you with a croquet mallet. Is that cool? Where's the line? There's that picture, maybe you've seen it on Facebook, that bastion of communal knowledge. That, that, um, it's like a little cartoon, <clears throat> and it's got two people facing each other. And on the ground between them is a big number six or a number nine. And you've seen that picture. And the point of the little cartoon is, well, you're both right. And let's just let everybody just have their ideas. And, and in a way, that sounds pretty good. But wait a minute, you're also both wrong. All of a sudden, we've got nothing to talk about. If I let you have your six and you let me have my nine, we have not shared anything. It sounds progressive and enlightening and everything being relative sounds great. But on the other hand, no story was told. No love was shared. No growth can happen if I just say anything goes. The fact of the matter is someone painted that on the floor and you can be darn sure they meant for it to be a six or a nine. And nobody gets to grow until we find out not the fact, the paint on the floor, but the story. Why is this here? If we're going to grow, we've got to get past just the data and get to why did this happen? What is the story? You know as well as I do that two people can do the same thing for very different reasons. It's not about the thing. Why did you do it? Somebody can say, here, you go first. And it can be because they're being nice or it can be because there's a truck coming. It matters. Somebody can tell you to be quiet and it's because they don't want to hear you or because there's a sleeping baby you didn't see. It matters. Not the thing. The story. What's your story? Where are you coming from? The good news is that I think things are getting so loud and so crazy and there's so much going on and it's becoming so difficult to connect on a factual level 
that more and more that need to just, you know what, let's get past the data and into something deeper is going to be the only place we have left to turn. And I think it's a beautiful evolution. We're going to get to that place where it's not about the facts, it's about the feeling. We have to because it will become all that we have left. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the idea that this is the direction in which we grow. Life will pull you there. Life will pull you into a situation where you are faced with someone who has a different set of facts than you, and you're going to have to deal with it. You ever been a parent? You ever tried to feed a kid who didn't want to eat? If you haven't, just you've, you've seen movies. It happens a lot. It's a trope. You know the story. Here's my facts. My fact is I am the parent. I am here to give you nutrition. It's my job. Also, I'd like to go to a movie later, and if I don't get you fed and cleaned up, we're going to miss the movie. My facts. Your fact as a child is, I don't want to eat. I would rather play with my peas, and a spoon makes a wonderful catapult, and I'm not interested in your thing. The facts disagree. What do you do? I mean, really, what do you do? Think about it for a moment. You can tell the child, you know, nutrition is important, and we want to get a lot of vitamin B12, and there's some kale in this. Don't tell them there's kale in anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? The kid doesn't care. You can't just give more facts to the child and change anything. And you, following this metaphor, maybe you've tried this in real life with people in your life. Did it ever work? I'm going to bet it didn't. It never worked for me. Or you can yell at the child at best, you're going to deal with an eating disorder later. It's not healthy. So what do you do? You could go, you know what, Scooter, you're entitled to your set of facts. Let's just, you can just sit there with mashed potatoes all over your face. And isn't that beautiful? And then you missed the movie and you didn't feed the kid, so nobody wins. That's not the answer either. What is the answer? <laughs> What's that? Get your, own Get your own spoon. Yeah, there you go. Fight, fight back. <laughs> you can try that if you like. I'm going to suggest a different strategy, though, and it's one you saw. You saw a Christmas story. It's the season. Show mommy how the piggies eat. In other words, instead of your facts and my facts, what if I can get you to participate in a different story? You be the piggy. Or here comes the airplane. You've seen that one before. All of a sudden, it's not the facts. The story has changed. And now instead of a disparate set of facts, it's a story that we share and the kid will eat their peas. Give peas a chance. Sorry. I apologize to the entire internet. Um, but what it takes is getting to the story. So yes, Jesus talked in parables and he gave us principles. He said, do one or others. He said, you're God's children. He said all of that stuff. You know all of those things. But it's hard for that to sink in. Everything that he said in there is something you've heard before. And yet, I'm still working on my life. I don't know about you, but I haven't mastered it. It's not because I don't know it. But sometimes it's because I don't know it. And the difference is the difference between a fact and a story. The difference is the difference between a fact and a story. I was thinking about that, that problem of how do you know when to have a good plan and how do you know when to just let things go? It's one of the things that comes up all the time and the questions that people text in. It's a natural thing to think about in the new year, you know, that kind of thing. And I was really thinking about it, and I know the answer intellectually, but I was really chewing on it. How do you know? Because i got to tell you, 
as I look back at my life, there are times when I am so on purpose about my plan and I know every moment and we're making this church work and it's just such a wonderful thing, but it requires somebody to be driving the boat. And so I'm thinking about, okay, here's the timeline, here's the thing, and here's the rent, and here's the da 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 But on the other hand, there are times in my life when I look back and I just really let everything go and it might have felt peaceful in the moment, but it's like nothing happened either. So hmm, where's that line? And like I said, I know the answer, but sometimes I haven't always felt the answer. And we had a, you know, New Year's once again is a good time to think about it. The other day I went and got my blood work done. Because, you know, once a year I go to the doctor, you get your lube oil and filter. They rotate the tires, do whatever. No big deal, just a checkup. But before you go, you get the blood work done. And so I parked the car in the parking garage and I was just thinking about that, that thing of how do you know when to be on purpose and when to be loosey-goosey and how do you know and I was thinking about it so much that I wasn't really even looking where I was going and I just kind of was on autopilot and I hit the button in the elevator and I wasn't really even there and I was just kind of okay here's my question God how do you know because I know but I don't know and what, how, do you, how do you know when you feel it how do you know and I did the stuff and you sign in and I went and I sat in the chair and there was a, a, a nurse there and she had the mask on so all I could see was eyes I don't know who it was I'm not sure she worked there really I think she did she was behind the desk but uh, she was just making conversation. And she said, hey, did you have a, new year, a good new year? And I said, yeah, I did. It was really nice. It was quiet because we've got a dog. And, you know, so we can't leave him alone because there's too many knuckleheads with fireworks. And so we have to stay home with that. And, and, but it was nice and peaceful. And that's how I like it. We watch movies. And movies are important. And it was a sweet time. And Jenny made too much food. And then I got to talking about Jenny's show. And it was great. But then finally, after all of that, and she's still doing, because my insurance number is 4,000 digits. I think it's pi. But then I said, how was your new year? And she said, you know, it was really good. Because that night, and she was a younger person, she said that night we went downtown and it was just in the middle of everything and it was a huge party and it was crazy and the noise and the lights and the fireworks and everything and it was so awesome and just let go because I've been working so hard. But then the next day we had everybody over to my house and we had vision boards and we made our plan for the year. And I said, okay, God. I didn't say it out loud, but I felt it. You know those moments when you put your question out there and God just kind of gives it to you? I call that, I know this sounds silly, but I call that the handsome guy nod. I don't think that God is a guy in the sky. We know this. We talked about this. But that moment of, imagine somebody like George Clooney going, I got this. Here you go. Picked up your check. You get those moments from God every once in a while when the parking space works out or something small. You go, okay, thanks. I got that handsome guy nod from God in that moment of, you had this question on your heart, and here's the answer. Rejoice and celebrate that the, what the year, what the life has given you. Give thanks and let it go, and then focus on the next thing. And then let it go again. Rinse and repeat. You know this. I know this. I'm certainly not telling you something you haven't heard before. But I didn't need the principle. I needed the story for me to remember. For you to remember, can you tell your story? In this world, we're really good at sharing data on Facebook. Hey, today I had potato chips. Here's a picture. Awesome. So cool. Never seen chips before. Here's a picture of me. Don't I look cute today? You know what? You're beautiful. Great. What? Who, who are you really? Share from your heart. Or there's people that go, it's cold today. Well, yes, I know. I live in the same planet you do. The one I really like is Cubs win. Okay, great. If I care about the Cubs, I already know they won. And if I don't, I don't. We don't need any more town criers. That's not what social media is for. 
Imagine how the whole landscape of Facebook or whatever would change if we just got on purpose about, here's where my heart is today. Here's my story, not my data. And I recognize that that's tricky, but we're not trained for it. But imagine, you know, think about how computer dating works. Do they even call it computer dating anymore? You put in all your data. I'm a Scorpio, and I like long walks on the beach, and Chaucer. Don't go out with anybody who reads Chaucer, but that's a separate issue. But you put in all this data, but that's not love. Can you love somebody that you don't have anything in common with? Of course. In fact, that's usually how it works best. See a movie. When the kids would bring somebody home that they were thinking about romantically, Jenny or I would always say, do they make you better? Do they challenge you? Do they give you a run for your money? Do they put up with your BS? Or do they tell you where they stand? Opposites attract. So sharing data is not important. You want a life that works? Tell your story. Tell your story. In a very real way, we are those tribal people who gather around the fire to share our story. In, in the way that some animals are born with instinct, we are born with mythology. That's what we have to survive. If you want to survive, tell your story. Gather around that fire, that light. Find something that is light for you. As I wrap up, I just want to say that that story of the bringing of light is one that we all tell. Every culture has a story of the bringer of light. You think of Prometheus going up and getting light and bringing it down and how it's a metaphor for, for illumination, imagination, creativity, art, love, truth, beauty. That moment, it's the metaphor. Every culture has a light bringer story. And in fact, it's a story that we continue to tell. Every movie where it's, I've got to go get the, the secret formula or the cure or the plans to the rebel base or whatever it is, and I'm going to bring it back and change everybody's life, that's a light bringer story. We tell this story over and over again because it's our story. But in many cultures, it's a relay race. Did you know that? So like the bird will get the sun, the light from the sun, and the bird's beak will turn orange because of it. And it's how we explain why the bird has an orange beak. And the bird will hand it to the badger, and it's why the badger's little paws are different. And the badger will hand it to the bear, and over and over again, it explains all of that. It's beautiful because it's a relay race. Here's the point. Your story is a relay race. Go and find the light in your life. Let it change you. Let it color who you are. And then pass it on. People say, I can't tell my story because the facts of my life are no good. Guess what? We are in the fact-changing business. It is time to get past the excuses. It is time for the crutches to pile up literally as well as metaphorically. Your facts can't define you anymore. Tell your story. You have the power to change your story if it's one you don't like. Let it be a legend. Let it be a story of healing and triumph, a story of true love and overcoming. Let it be a story of freedom, because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you very much. This is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for listening to that Sunday lesson, and I want to thank you for being part of our virtual church family. 
If you'd like to know more about what we're doing at Water and Stone Church, the easiest thing to do is go to our website, waterandstonechurch.com. There's all kinds of amazing content. There's blog posts and videos and other episodes of this podcast and just all kinds of great things. And especially there's a calendar of events. We're always doing amazing uh, service projects in the community, all kinds of classes and services. Go to our website and find out how you can be a part of it. You can also text I am ready to 84576. That's all one word, I A M R E A D Y to 84576. It's a great way to get a once a week message about what we're up to. That's how we do our newsletter and special events and stuff like that. It's a great way to be in the loop. This podcast and everything that we do at Water and Stone is supported by you. And what that means is there's a lot of little things you can do to help us keep the lights on around here. If you go to the website, once again, waterandstonechurch.com, you can find out how to give electronically. You can find out how to shop at Amazon in such a way that benefits the church at no extra cost to you. Really and truly, though, the best way to support what we're doing is to help spread the word. Repost this. Tweet it. Like it on Facebook. Find our social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter. We've got two amazing YouTube channels. Go find those and like and subscribe and share. That's huge for us. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, iTunes or whatever, please give us a five-star review. That really helps as well. But at the end of the day, there's nothing like being there with us in person. Come join us at 11 a.m. every Sunday at the beautiful Harbor Hall. That's part of the University of South Florida's St. Pete campus. The street address is 1000 3rd Street South in St. Petersburg, Florida. Every Sunday at 11 a.m., there is a sense of family, a feeling of community, an uplifting lesson, music like you've never heard anywhere, and a life-changing message. It's time for a new life for you and a new world for all of us.